Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. This is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bêche, meaning digger. Hi everybody, welcome along to another edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast. It's James, as always, taking you through this week's show. And I'm joined, I'm delighted to say, by Jason Dizzy Gillespie, the current Sussex and Adelaide Strikers head coach. Former Yorkshire coach, former Yorkshire player, played for Glamorgan. And obviously that fantastic Australian side as well, alongside the Langers, the Haydens, the Pontings, the Warns, the Gilchrist, the McGraths. The list goes on and on. Jason Gillespie was a key part of that team. He does himself down a little bit in this podcast, but you look at his stats at test level, he goes down as one of the real greats of Australian cricket. I was lucky enough to work for Yorkshire County Cricket Club as their media manager. And when I first started there, Jason Gillespie was the overseas Mm -hmm. player. Always had time for you, always did what he could. Good for an interview, good for a bit of PR, the odd public appearance. Not all players are like that. It says a lot about him that after what he'd achieved, he was keen to give something back not just on the pitch for Yorkshire, but behind the scenes too. And then he came back as head coach a few years later. I was working as a freelance journalist at the club by then, and it was a pleasure to deal with then in that situation as well. Obviously, achieved quite a lot in his time at Yorkshire. We talk about a little bit about that in the interview. As always with the Cricket Badger 20 questions, there's a bit of cricket. Some of the silly questions as well. Some of them are daft. But every time you have a player or a coach or a cricket notable on the show... I find it interesting how they answer them. It tells you a little bit about what they're like as a person. And typical Jason Gillespie on a number of the questions that says in one of his answers, yeah, I never wanted to be famous. Just waited to hit the ball, bowl the ball. And that does go some way towards summing him up. He's not that simple. Complex, like everybody. We've got a very straightforward approach to coaching cricket, which has had great success. We talk a little bit about his Aboriginal roots on this podcast, his veganism and a few other things behind the scenes. But plenty of cricket chat in amongst the 20 questions too. It's a pleasure to have him on the show. So let's hear his answers to the Cricket Badger 20 questions. Hi, my name is Brian Lara and you're listening to the Cricket Badger podcast. Cricket Badger podcast fact file. Jason Neil Gillespie. South Australia, Yorkshire, Glamorgan and Australia fast bowler. 71 tests, 97 one-day internationals and one T20 international. 259 test wickets and a best test match bowling of 7 for 37. Highest test match score of 201 not out although he doesn't like to talk about it. Current Sussex and Adelaide Strikers head coach. Coached Yorkshire to county championship success in 2014 and 2015. Welcome to the podcast Diddy. Let's have a badger chat. Jason. 
Jason Gillespie, it's a while since I spoke to you. Good to catch up with you, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Yeah, everything's going all right. Good stuff. We've come off the back of a, a little fact file that I've prepared for you, and you actually exhausted the music that I have as the bed for the fact file, because you've achieved quite a lot in your time. Plenty of things to talk about with you. But we'll start off with one going right back to the, the start of your career. If not a cricketer, what would you have done with your life? Well, I mean, the job I had before I was a cricketer, I... I was a pizza delivery driver, so I don't know if that means that I'll continue delivering pizzas for Pedro's Dollar Pizza, but uh, look, I, I wasn't actually sure uh, what I wanted to do because I, I basically put all my eggs in one basket. You know, I had this drive and ambition to be a professional cricket player, so I, you know, I'm very fortunate that I was able to do that. I, I actually didn't have anything to fall back on, so, you know, I, I genuinely, it's, it's honest. Honestly, I, I genuinely don't know what I would have done. How old were you when that drive started? Were you just a, a little kid when you thought, this is what I want to do? When I watched cricket from about age six or seven, I just thought, that's what I want to do. That's where I want to be. And, and obviously, you know, growing up and, you know, as a teenager, I went through some, uh, went through a growth spurt and therefore had some injuries related to that, you know, back and knees and, and things like that. And it wasn't really until I was probably 16 or 17 and, you know, I, I was telling all my teammates at my local grade club that I was going to play for South Australia by the time I was 19 and I was going to play for Australia by the time I was 21 and, and they all basically started laughing at me. And that was a, a pretty um, big moment for me because, you know, I, I realised that no one could see what I saw. You know, I, I, I had that ambition and, and belief that, that I could make a success of cricket but you know it was it was obvious that no one else saw that so it was a bit of a light bulb moment for me that I, I knew I needed to change and, and do things differently so you know I, I do remember that that training session I, I marked out a big long run up and I ran in a bolt as fast as I could and uh, things just ended up going from from there really. This is obviously called the Cricket Badger podcast and you, of people I've met inside the game you are a cricket badger aren't you you like to sit you know after the game you like to sit and talk about it on your days off you're watching cricket you immerse yourself in the sport. Yeah, I do. I, I do love, love the sport. I love everything about it. I, I enjoy talking about it. <laughs> Probably the only thing I, I don't particularly enjoy about cricket now is, is actually playing it myself, funny enough. You know, I, I, sort of, I was very fortunate to have a career and besides the odd charity game, you know, no real interest in actually playing it, funny enough. I much prefer to watch, you know, and talk about it. Who has been the biggest influence on your career? Um, I look, I've had so many. I think my late father had a big influence. You know, obviously, you know, he forever was. Uh, I remember like Christmas days, and you know, I'd get a new set of gloves or a new bat or something like that, and then I would insist that Dad take me up to the cricket nets and, and bowl to me for an hour or so. And you know, I'm sure Dad would have wanted to do other things on Christmas Day rather than bowl to his son in the nets on a hot day in Adelaide. But look, he was brilliant, and he he just he taught me. He, he didn't really play much cricket himself. His only ever bit of advice to me was with batting was just play nice and straight. And, uh, and I suppose I, I did that as a as a lower order player. But yeah, certainly certainly my late late dad. He was a great influence. Look, I was very fortunate to play with fantastic players, and and I was fortunate enough to play under some wonderful coaches. I met your dad once, and I think it was just before he died, actually. He was in the reception at Headingley. Uh, he was hanging around waiting for you to finish with, with your mum. 
And he was telling yeah. me how proud he was of, of having watched you play and your achievements as a, as a coach at the time as well. I thought it was a, a really nice chat I had with him. He's a nice fella. Yeah, he was a lovely man. And yeah, unfortunately, Daisy, he passed away in Leeds. Yeah, back in 2013. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a, a sad time because uh, yeah, he was a wonderful man. What's been your best moment in cricket? There's been plenty, haven't there? As I said in the intro, there, you plenty of achievements as a player and now as a coach. But if you could live one day again, what, what would you pick? Oh, it's, it's such a difficult question because you know there's so many different layers to it isn't it you know you have your what do you put there you know, for me you know I suppose team achievements for me were the ones and winning a test series or you know a hard-fought win and sitting in the dressing room uh, having a couple of cold ones with the boys you know knowing that you've worked your butts off to achieve success so without pinpoint one I, I suppose any time we won a test or won a series I, I think so it's one that does bring to mind. We won a test series in Nagpur in India. It was the first time an Australian team had won there in, in over 30 years. And, you know, I remember we went 2-0 up in that series and we had one test to play. So we'd, we'd won the Border Gavaskar Trophy. And, yeah, that, that was a pretty special moment. What about your double century? You're usually not averse to mentioning that at times. <laughs> Look, obviously, uh, it, was, it was up there. There's no doubt about that. I've always had the opinion, though, James, that my bread and butter, you know, what my my core role in the in the teams I played for was was a, as a fast bowler. That's how I, you know, I judged myself and how I was going, you know, putting a performance in for the team. You know, look, I, I, don't get me wrong, I thoroughly enjoyed batting and, and scoring runs. You know, if you'd ask me, what would you prefer to, to score a hundred or score a double hundred or take a, you know, five five plus wicket haul? I'm, I'm probably going to say take the five wicket haul every day of the week. What's been your worst moment in cricket? Well, probably the worst personal moment. I ran into Steve Waugh in Candy in, nine, in a test match in Candy in 1999 against Sri Lanka. That was a pretty low moment. Uh, that, that would be the main one. Mahala Jay Wardner played a leap shot. He got a top edge um, off Colin Miller. It went to kind of deep backwards square. And Steve Waugh ran from short fine leg away out and I was running from deep backwards square in and we collided and uh, I broke my leg and my wrist and uh, Steve broke his nose so it was a pretty awful uh, awful collision who was your cricket hero when you were a kid? Who was on your poster on the wall? I loved all the, the fast bowlers. You know, look, I loved Craig McDermott. You know, Dennis Lilly had very, when I was very young. You know, I, I don't remember watching too much of Dennis live because I was quite young. But the, the time when I was like really heavily into my cricket, the, the guys that were bowling with, for Australia were, were Craig McDermott, Merv Hughes, Bruce Reed, these, these type of guys. So, you know, I would have loved to have seen a bit more of Rodney Hogg in his uh, palm. And, and obviously Jeff Thompson and, and Dennis Lilly. But I, I also loved watching the West Indian fast bowlers. You know, I absolutely loved watching Malcolm Marshall go about his work. You know, and all, and all the West Indian quicks. So just I, I just loved fast bowling and uh, seeing them operate. Yeah, it was was pretty special. The Cricket Badger podcast is brought to you in association with Cricket365.com. They're ethos. We love cricket and want to make the world love it as much as we do. Join them at Cricket365.com. Thank you very much to them for their support of the Cricket Badger podcast. If you could trade lives, be with any current cricketer for a day, live in their skin, have their talent, have their life, 
Who would you like to experience their existence for a day? Oh, gee whiz, it's a, um, oh, I, I reckon that the bowler in me, you know, I'd, I'd love to be able to bowl a Yorker like Mitch Dark, to be honest. I, <laughs> I, I absolutely love watching him bowl and uh, go about his work. You know, the, it was a ball that I, I probably wasn't very good at implementing and, and bowling a Yorker, so I, I would love to spend a day uh, bowling Yorkers like Mitch and Stark, those big swinging Yorkers at 90 plus mile an hour. You brought him across to Yorkshire for that uh, T20 season when David Miller came over as well and no mm. surprise I don't think having seen him at close quarters that he's gone on to achieve what he's achieving and obviously in the current World Cup you mentioned York is a cracker that got Ben Stokes out but a terrific bowler isn't he? Yeah most certainly I, I remember um, you know getting him on board in 2012 at Yorkshire and, and uh, not a lot of people at Yorkshire had, had knew much about Mitchell I think he'd only just maybe played a game or two for Australia, but he hadn't done a lot. There were, there were a couple of eyebrows raised, I suppose. They oh, are you sure? And, and, but I'd, I'd been him on an A tour when I was, I was an assistant coach, and I was convinced that you know he, he could do the business for Yorkshire. And, and look, he was, as you said, he was him and David Miller. I mean, they, they, were, they were fantastic uh, in that season, 2012 for Yorkshire, and, and were a big reason why Yorkshire were able to progress to uh, finals day. I'm going to put you in charge of cricket for a day. World cricket, you can do anything you like. Any bugbears you can iron out, what would you change or introduce? But for a start, I would make the World Cup more than 10 teams. You know, we've got to grow the game instead of uh, shrink it. You know, that, that would be something. I would I would also, it's always been a bugbear of mine. I'd, like If a bowler bowls a bouncer, gets called a, a no ball or a wide, they lose their bouncer for the over. But they have to re-bowl the, the ball again. And they've lost that bouncer for the over. I would take that away. I think if you get called for a wide or no ball, you know, you re-bowl the ball. The bowler should retain the opportunity to bowl, bowl another short ball. You told me once that you wanted to ban leg buys as well because you, you felt that a bowler beating the bat, hitting the pad, should not concede a run for that because it's actually the bowler's victory, which I always thought was a really good answer. I just think sometimes when a, a, a team gets rewarded for actually missing the ball. So, yeah, I don't have a problem with if a player's looking to avoid a short ball and gets hit on the shoulder and it flies off and they go for a buy or whatever but yeah I've, I've just always felt that, that yeah a, a batter you know their team shouldn't be rewarded for, for essentially not being able to hit the ball they say rock stars want to be sportsmen sportsmen want to be rock stars everybody wants to be famous the grass is always greener if you could have been famous and successful at something else what would you have picked or if you asked me when I was teenager early in my early 20s I probably would have said professional wrestler but you know, I certainly, uh, I've never had the um, the body or the rig to pull that off at all. Um, <laughs> I, I'm actually not sure. I've, I've never really wanted to be in anyone else's shoes, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Being a rock star up on stage, being able to play a lead guitar or something like that, would be pretty cool, I suppose. But I, I've never really necessarily been famous, really. Um, I, I just, I genuinely, I just wanted to, bowl cricket balls and, uh, and hit cricket balls. So, yeah, I know it's a pretty boring answer, mate, but, yeah. <laughs> That's, it, it's not a boring answer at all. It means you're happy with what you've done. Um, mm. If you could meet anyone living or dead, who would you like to meet? It's that old dinner party question. Who would you invite around for a beer or whatever? So That's a very good question. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I genuinely don't know. You, you, you wouldn't fancy taking Don Brodman out for a beer and just seeing what he was, what he was up to or anything? <laughs> 
Not, not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually don't know. I just, yeah, I mean, look, any any former former cricketers like that, the Don, he would have been fascinating bloke. Jeff stumped me. They're going to make a film. It's going to be called Dizzy the Movie, and it's yep. about your life. Who's going to play you as the lead role? Oh, that's a very simple answer to that question. So if there was a movie uh, named after me and an actor had to play me, you just have to go with someone that has a very similar look to you. So I'm undoubtedly going George Clooney. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. What's the last time you can remember feeling really nervous? When I used to interview you after matches and what have you, you always used to say, you know, you got stock phrases like control the controllables and, you know, you can't do anything about the weather and stuff. You always strike me as quite a, a relaxed kind of guy that just tackles what's in front of him. So do you actually get nervous? I get for, for players as a coach. You know, like I get disappointed as much as anyone, you know, if they don't perform well. And I, I'm nervous more for players just because I just want to see our lads do well. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that has probably happened reasonably regularly, I would have thought. But, but I am very much in that camp, as you said. I, you know, what will be will be. You know, I tend to focus on what we, you know, exactly what you said, what we can control. You know, sometimes there are things that are just simply out of your control. You know, as a coach, I, I try to really make sure that the, the lads are, are controlling what they can and uh, and trusting that and but yeah just as in general like if the lads are, are out there batting or, or bowling I'm, I'm just kind of I'm excited for them but I but yeah I, I think there's always a degree of, of nerves because because you just want to see them do well most certainly what's the top item on your bucket list something to do before you die I would have said years ago it was actually so, I, I wanted to go on a helicopter ride through the Swiss Alps but I'm, I'm kind of not really a massive fan of flying, so um, I'd, I'd probably be uh, happy to just look at some video of, of that. Look, I'm, I'm a pretty, um, I'm pretty relaxed, James, in that I, I feel very fortunate that I, I've been able to have such wonderful experiences. I mean, one thing I do want to do, and you know, I said that you know I don't enjoy playing cricket, but one thing I, I would absolutely love to do is if I ever get an opportunity to share a cricket field and, and spend some time out in the middle with with my sons and or my daughter, that'd probably be the only way to get me out of retirement. So, so that's a that'll be a bit of a goal, but. You know, one thing I would like to do is is probably watch an NBA game in America one day. Uh, I'd okay. like to I'd like to go and watch an NBA game, and I'd probably like it more if one of my son if my son becomes a gun basketballer, go over and follow him around the NBA for a season. That would be uh, that would be fantastic. Are you a morning or a night person? Probably, if anything, I, I'd probably stay up an extra hour at night. Then you know, I'm not a I'm not necessarily someone that goes to bed really early. So yeah, I'll probably probably stay up a little bit later, and uh, I don't sleep in particularly late either. So yeah, so I'd probably say if you pushed me, I'd probably have to say I'm probably more a more a night person. We're offering you the opportunity to play your part in the growth of the Cricket Budget Podcast. We have quite literally gone through the roof in terms of listeners over the last year, and there's an opportunity for you to get your business in front of the cricket world by sponsoring or advertising on the Cricket Budget podcast We're giving away headline sponsorship and also a maximum of four adverts per week get yourself on the cricket badge podcast get yourself in front of our fantastic listeners and help the podcast continue to grow we've had some
some fantastic guests over the last year. I've lost count of the number of test caps and captains that we've had. Some great stories too. And you could be alongside those big names offering your services to the cricket world. Get in touch, cricketbadger at hotmail.com or telephone James on 077-999-64812 to grab this with both hands. Don't let it drop through your fingers. I'm going to change the next question from the usual. I'm adding one, going back to that Australian side that you played in. Superb team, wasn't it? When you talk about the greatest teams of all time, that Australian side is always mentioned. When you're playing in a team like that, Dizzy, obviously you're winning games and you're looking around the dressing room thinking, I've got some good teammates here. But do you actually appreciate at the time just how good that team was? You know, the Shane Warns and the Gilchrists and Hayden and Ponting and Langer and all the rest of them. Do you realize, did you realise at the time just what you were a part of? I think certainly had a bit of an appreciation, but I, I think it was so focused on doing our jobs and, you know, we were playing cricket with our mates and, and having a good time. I, I think it's more when you get asked these questions, you know, like by yourself, that, that you do then sit back and reflect on it and go, wow, you know, these guys are, you know, some of the greatest players who've ever played the game. And, and I was fortunate enough to, I'm fortunate enough to be able to, you know, call them my friends and, you know, they were my teammates and, and I shared a dressing room and, uh, you know, shared a few laughs with them and, and on the cricket field with them. So, look, it was a, I was very fortunate to play with some wonderful players and, and we had a bit of success on the way. But, yeah, we were sort of caught up in the moment and, um, and just playing the game and trying to win games of cricket for our country. You took plenty of international wickets yourself. Do you reckon you'd have taken as many if you hadn't have had Glenn McGrath or Shane Warne at the other end? Because bowlers hunt in pairs and packs, don't they? You, you support each other. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I would have been anywhere near as successful you know, without those guys. I thought they were uh, uh, absolutely wonderful bowlers and always felt that in our bowling attack, you know, I think the the opposition team would look at our attack and go, right, we'll sit on him and we'll sit on him. Uh, that Gillespie bloke, I think we'll attack him. So that, that, I think, you know, afforded me opportunities to take wickets. So I'm, yeah, I, I believe that. And, yeah, I, I certainly don't think I would have been quite as successful had I not shared the field with those guys. On a scale of 1 to 10, did he? With 10 being yeah. the Fongs, how cool would you say you are? Oh, wow. The, the Fongs is definitely 10 out of 10. Um, oh, Look, I, I'll be honest, mate. I'm a bit of a nerd, so I'm going to probably have to uh, put myself down at a probably two. I'm not a very two. cool at all, but <laughs> if you could access a time machine, where would you like to go back and you know which part of history or something? A place? Would you like to go back and have a bit of a, a snoop around and see what it was like? I think uh, the disco era of the 70s. I mean, I was born in the 70s, but don't have any any recollection of it as a young adult in the 70s. I think that would have been uh, a pretty cool time. I reckon back in history, maybe a few hundred years ago in England and Europe, and I would have also loved to have um, gone back pre-settlement of Australia as an Indigenous man, as an Aboriginal man, seeing what our beautiful country was like you know, before it was colonised, it would, would, would be a wonderful experience. I, I was reading, your, your great-grandfather had quite some high... I, I can't find it in front of me now, but he had quite some highfalutin title. You come from sort of Aboriginal royalty, don't you, dating back in time. I was going to say, how important is that heritage to you? Oh, it's part of... It's who we are, it's who I am. Look, I, it's something I'm, I'm incredibly proud of. Our mob, our family are from northern New South Wales, um, Camilleroy Territory, Camilleroy Lands. And, um, yeah, look, absolutely, it's something that, that means, uh, means a lot to our family. You know, my, my late father worked in Aboriginal legal rights in South Australian Northern Territory. My, my younger brother, one of my youngest 
younger brothers is a field officer for the Aboriginal legal rights movement in South Australia. So look, we, uh, it, it's something that you know we're you know very proud of our our heritage. Yeah, it's it's quite some tag, isn't it, to be the first acknowledged Aboriginal person to become a Test cricketer to lead that line and. Yeah, I've seen Cricket Australia, there's a, a number of initiatives and everything to try and get more Aboriginal cricketers playing, but to be the first one to represent your country is quite some tag. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a you know, huge honour and you know, you know, really, uh, you know, Cricket Australia are, are really working hard and, and doing some good things to, to try and get you know, more Aboriginal kids playing cricket and, and falling in love with the game, you know, which, which can only be a good thing. And, um, you know, we're seeing, we, we see quite a few lads in, um, in state cricket in Australia of Aboriginal descent uh, playing. You know, um, obviously Dan Christian, who, who's played limited overs cricket for Australia. Darcy Short, the same. Um, you know, the, these guys. And, and there's, a, there's a few guys playing in the Big Bash that have Aboriginal heritage. The Australian... Indigenous side has has been on a couple of tours. You know, only last year they came out here to England and uh, played again. We played against them. Uh, Sussex played against the Indigenous side, and, uh, which which was a you know which was great fun and, and great recognition. How, how are you finding dividing your time now between Sussex and obviously going back in the well, the English winter to be part of the Big Bash as well? Is that yeah best of both worlds? Yeah, look, I follow the sun these days, so I do the English summer and and then I, I get back to. Uh, Adelaide and um, it, it's look it's an arrangement that works for us at the moment you know I have a once I get home at the end of the county season have a couple of months off and do big bash and then another another bit of month and a half off and and then come back to the UK you know back to Hove and you know it's a it's an arrangement that's working you know for us as a family and and, and certainly myself a job I've got I've got two wonderful jobs and that I'm really uh, really enjoying and um, you know hopefully it can continue for a while. It's great fun. You've obviously been all over the place. You say you follow the sun. That's what cricketers do, isn't it? And if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you choose to to put down your roots and, and get somewhere? Well, I mean, look. Besides where we are now, we live about an hour out of Adelaide in a lovely little town called Normanville by the sea. So it's our dear of heaven, really. It's a, it's just a beautiful beautiful part of the world but if I was to live anywhere else oh wow um just a maybe a nice island in the Caribbean sounds uh, sounds pretty good I reckon uh, but look I, I'll be honest I, I, I love where we live at the moment kids absolutely love it don't want to leave yeah so I'd, I'd probably have to say where we are now we're at home in, in South Australia if you could change one thing about yourself what would it be Probably make my nose a little bit smaller, if I'm honest. To my hair, you're going to say that. I wish my hair had stayed a bit darker. It, it went grey when I was quite <laughs> young, but I'm sort of at peace with that now. At 44 years of age, um, that ship has sailed. I, I remember last year, I think it was last year, yeah, I, I died, or the year before, I dyed my hair, and I was trying to grow it a little bit longer, and my kids looked at me and just said, Dad, that doesn't look right. It doesn't look like you. Can you please uh, get your hair back to its normal colour? And uh, <laughs> so I yeah, shaved my head, I head off, and yeah, I was back to the white hair again. And and that and that experiment, that was that. <laughs> Discover one of the most beautiful lifestyle resorts in the Caribbean at the Accra Beach Hotel and Spa, located on the south coast of Barbados. This beachfront property offers 224 rooms, sparkling pools. Four restaurants, three bars, an on-site spa, event and conferencing facilities, 
and a welcoming team providing unparalleled relaxation to make your stay a memorable one. What are you waiting for? Book your reservation at this award-winning hotel today and experience the Caribbean dream. I often see you tweeting about being a vegan and these days and mm. that kind of, you know, the animal animal rights and all that kind of stuff. That that seems to have yeah. been become very important to you now. Yeah, it most certainly is. Right? Vegan coming up five years now, um, so I haven't touched an animal product uh, in that time. And look, it, it is certainly something that, that is very important to me. You know, while while I started the, the journey and, uh, you know, I was looking at ways to become healthy and, and then I, I saw... You know that some some videos and read read up on you know what the actual process is and and how we as humans treat non-humans. Uh, just it just something just really resonated with me and you know and, and I think as a general rule people have that moment of clarity something that really resonates with them and whether it be going vegetarian or vegan or religious ideals people tend to have that and and for me animal cruelty, animal welfare, um, and, and how we are with, with animals, how we are with the environment. You know, for me, it, it's become, you know, something that I, I like to read up on and be informed and, and knowledgeable about it. You know, I think I did go through a phase where I just wanted to share all the knowledge I've learned with the world, and, but I kind of made a decision that, you know, if, if someone wants to have a discussion with me about it, I'm more than happy to, but... But yeah, just going and, and living my life as the way I want to live it and, you know, by not exploiting animals, you know, and that, that's kind of the, the way I, I, I want to be and, you know, I'm not going to impose that on, on people. You know, if people want to have a discussion about it, then I'm certainly open to it and the reasons why I decided to go down that path. And look, certainly I'll, uh, I'll have a debate and discussion uh, with people, but, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, that can be quite a touchy subject for some people. It, it's, it, it is a tough one, James, to be honest, because I, I am a firm believer that we as a species are, are not doing the right thing. You know, people should be looking at ways to not harm animals. You know, I, I firmly believe that, but unfortunately there's, there's going to be people there that, that just don't buy into that at all. And uh, while it's a shame, it's, um, you know, it is reality. I've kind of thought about doing it for some time now. I've never actually got around to doing it, if you, if you see what I mean. But I was astonished when Greg's, wasn't it, brought out a vegan sausage roll and Piers Morgan led this campaign that it was ridiculous to do it. I just couldn't understand it. And I've watched quite a few of the films on Netflix about um, veganism. There's one where they, there's a woman advertises in a, in a paper for people who want to try you know try an experiment on becoming vegan and she gets them and leaves them through a you know goes around the supermarkets and they go to a, a slaughterhouse and they go to the various things and if you watch some of those films on netflix you can't help but think flipping heck you know there's a point to this oh absolutely yeah i mean i, I saw that with the with the gregs uh, and you know the reaction to to gregs doing that look i, I applaud any company that's that's looking to you know, minimise uh, harm to animals. I, I think that there are obviously there are a lot of companies who see it from a pure profit point of view, making money. But I'm ever the optimist, and you know, and I'm, I'm hoping that you know all these businesses are, are offering vegan uh, options because of a genuine you know care and wanting to minimise harm to animals. But I'm also a realist that you know a lot of them would be would be doing it to to cash in on the on the rise of veganism. Did he? We're down to the last two questions. Question number 19. 
what will you be doing in 10 years' time? Probably still working uh, in cricket in some capacity, uh, as I do love the game. It's, it, it, is, it is my life. And, and that, but um, I would like in 10 years' time, or even maybe a bit less than that, because um, our, our youngest daughter will be, in 10 years' time, will be approaching, should be in her last year of school. It might be that I might be able to take the opportunity to um, buy myself a, a camper van and uh, travel around Australia. Being a bit of a the vegan hippie that I am, I, that kind of really appeals to me. And uh, to spend my days at the beach, at the beach, swimming and and, and running on the beach, and just uh, you know relaxing and having a good time. That that would be something lovely to do. But realistically, I'm probably going to work for um, for a while. The kids aren't getting any smaller, and they're they're costing us more and more money as each day goes by. So I'm probably going to have to work for a while. That sounds all right. That, travelling around Australia doing that sounds pretty good. Every time an international job comes up, whether it's England, Australia, whatever, your name's always mentioned in dispatches. Have you, uh, you thought about doing that at some stage? Would that be a goal, maybe, to take an international side and, and oh, see what look, you could achieve look, in that? I think if the, the right opportunity came along, and um, you, know, you, you certainly have to look at it, don't you? you know, but... Look, I, at, at the moment, um, I, I'm enjoying the challenge at Sussex. You know, I enjoy the challenge of the Adelaide Strikers. And having said that, if, if something does, you know, become available and, and I feel that I can add value and make a difference, then I'll certainly explore the, the opportunity. But, but right now, I'm very much enjoying the, the challenges that we've got at, at, at Sussex and at the Adelaide Strikers. So if the ECB phones you up tomorrow... Dizzy and said, you know, Trevor Bates is leaving at the end of uh, the 2019 season. Would you be interested? You'd, you'd hear them out, would you? Oh, I think as with, with anything, you know, you, you hear what people have to say. But yeah, but as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the challenges that, uh, that I've got at the moment. You know, with Sussex, we're, we're working hard. The boys are working hard. We're looking to get, get our squad moving forward and, and challenging for, for promotion and challenging for, for trophies in, in the other forms of the game. And uh, and then obviously with the strikers, you know, we were fortunate enough a couple of years ago to win the win the title, the Big Bash title, and we'd love to love to do that again. So, you know, as I said, we'll, you know, you, you look at any opportunity that comes up and see where you go. I, I met one of your team out in Barbados, not this last March, but the March before, Delray Rawlings, who impressed me. He was a nice lad and looks of a, a serious amount of talent to his game played quite well in a, in a few of your T20 matches as well and obviously you've got Joffre Archer who's come from abroad those are a couple of very exciting talents aren't they? Yeah certainly we've got a number of talented players and part of our role as, as the coaching staff and support staff is to give them the opportunities to express themselves and, and, and play cricket and you know if they put performance on the board that helps Sussex win and if they also put performance on the board to, to help with their own personal ambitions of, of playing at the, the very highest level so you know that's that's the challenge. We've got some, you know, it's very exciting cricketers here at Sussex. You know, it's an honour for me to be, you know, given this role to to help these players improve and, and get better and, and get better as a team. I know there's a lot of people in Yorkshire miss you. Do you miss Yorkshire? Oh, I, I love I loved my time at Yorkshire. You know, I made so many so many wonderful friends. Certainly, the you know, I suppose all good things come to an end at some point. And uh, you know, just seeing my family now and uh, back in South Australia. You know, because before, before the five years at Yorkshire, we had, had a couple of uh, seasons uh, I was coaching in Zimbabwe and, you know, the, the kids hadn't actually spent much time at home uh, around family and, and so to see them and how happy they are now, you know, it was, it was the right decision uh, to make. Um, but yeah, look, I, 
made a lot of wonderful friends. I, Yorkshire County Cricket Club always have a special place for me. Um, you know, I love the place. I loved work all the people that I was fortunate enough to work with there. Uh, I really enjoyed working with the players. So yeah, you you miss all, all that, you know, and made some great friends in Leeds, and um, you know, we got got a lot of lifelong friends. So. Um, you know, elements of that, absolutely. You know, because five years is a long time, and you know, a big, big part of our, big part of our life. One of the very enjoyable parts of my life, and uh, you know, both personally and professionally. Question number twenty, Diddy. We've got there. If you've been picking these questions, what would you have asked yourself to get a great and exclusive answer? What would I ask yourself? Um, don't know. Um, I don't know. I, you, you've absolutely <laughs> stumped me. Um, I. I don't know. Quite pleased about that, you know. I used to interview you, Dizzy, and I used to do all my questions and you'd answer them. And at the end of it, you always used to get up and go, ah, too easy, mate, and just walk off. I've done you. Uh, You've done very well here. You've stumped me. You've stumped me a couple of times. But, yeah, no, I think you've covered it, mate. You've uh, you've asked some very good questions and ones that I've had to think a a lot about. It's a real joy to talk to you again, mate. It's uh, good to catch up with you. Um, wish you all the success for the, the rest of the summer and obviously your future career. Yeah, take care and all the best. No, thanks a lot, James. Good on you, man. Thank you so much for listening to the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast. Your feedback has been both encouraging and very, very welcome. Our listeners are growing week on week. The podcast is now available on Spotify, Audio Boom, iTunes, YouTube, and all major platforms. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on at cricket underscore badger. Email the show cricketbadger at hotmail.com. Respond to the points made. Make suggestions for future content. And play your part as the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast goes from strength to strength. Thank you very much to Jason Gillespie for joining me on the Cricket Badger podcast this week. Pleasure to catch up with him. Pleasure to hear him sounding good and happy. Wish him all the best down in Sussex and obviously in the winter with the Adelaide Strikers. And I'm sure he's rooting for the Australians in this Cricket World Cup. They've got every chance, haven't they? You can join us on our Cricket Badger World Cup Weekly with myself, Akash and Ollie as we chew the fat on all things Cricket World Cup. We look back at the week just gone and look forward to the week ahead. Not many of those shows left because not many matches left. The Cricket World Cup is nearly over, but then it'll be the ashes for a summer packed with cricket. It hardly needs me to say this, but until next week, Badgers, enjoy your cricket. Podcast Network.